Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today is going to be a treat uh, for a couple reasons, because my guest today is one of those people who really embodies showing up and responding in the moment. And so much so that in efforts to meet him at that, there is no preparation for this show. We are just going to start with, he is the director at Beyond Recovery. And he is also a new member of the 3PGC board. That's all we got from there. <laughs> and we're going to start, ladies and gentlemen, Derek Mason. What's up, man? <laughs> Hi, Rob. What an intro. I love the intro, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm making it up as I go, so I'm glad that you do. Um, That's what I like to do, just showing up and just rolling out as it is. I, I know, and that was... How that got started was um, I was a little nervous myself about the practitioner conference that was coming along. And Derek was on the call and he said, hey, Rob, hey, just just let it come to you, man. It's going to come. And and it does. It does. And I really appreciate that. So I'm super excited about today, man. And um, I guess we could start with the direction of being on the 3PGC board. Like, <laughs> what did that feel like? What was that moment like for you? Um, well, to where I'm coming from, my background, because as you may, you know, or you may not know some people, um, I got this understanding while I was in prison and mm -hmm. I didn't really have, I didn't really think that position would be open to me ever. That's way out of my, out of my league and my possibilities. Yeah. But since coming out and taking certain steps and changing my life and opening up and just being myself certain doors have opened up for me. And that was a major door opening up for me that I thought I would apply for it, but I ain't going to get it. It might be tokenistic, might be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other people said, no, you should have. And you know, when other people see more fit more in you than what you do, mm -hmm. that sort of made me think, yeah, I'll, let me go for it. I'll go for it. And then lo and behold, when I got it now, it just blew my mind to say, wow, I've not only just been noticed, but I've also been accepted and brought in. Yeah. And it was brought under, all under this storm of, from like the Black Lives Matter and the George Floyd incident and mm -hmm. the organisation looking at itself and see, not seeing no diversity and not see, but three principles is basically about a unity and a oneness. So they've probably looked around and not seen it reflect the communities out there. Yeah. So a lot of people talk and say, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But to actually make changes and bring me onto the board and being on the board has just been a brush of fresh air because 
when I was speaking to someone, they said, yeah, don't worry. It's not, you're in the same position as us, basically. We're all trying something new now. We're all going to go off in a new direction. Um, we want it to come from everybody, the heart of everybody. And same thing like this conversation. We don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's just show up in the moment. Yeah. And we're in that feeling. Good things can only come off of it. And I love the freshness in that. I love the freshness. I do too. And that's, a, again, I mean, I know our listeners hear this often. That listening is how this podcast came about. The need to allow all voices to be heard. And if not this community, then where? Yeah. Like if, if not this community, then where? And then I was just like, we should be demonstrating a place where all voices are heard if that's what we're telling people is possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that for me, is, when you say it like that, it seems so obvious as well. <laughs> it's easy to get caught up in the blind spot and I know uh, everyone's heart's in the right place and they want to do the right thing, but it's, once yeah. you get caught in a little blind spot, it's having the openness to see it as a blind spot and address it and yeah. no longer have it as a blind spot. And that's what I see happening now because I had a big blind spot going through that Black Lives Matter thing as well where perceptions of what I had seen and how I had perceived everybody yeah. and certain certain situations. But when that happened, the feeling wasn't there no more. It, yeah. it wasn't there. It was about more about a unity and a oneness and let's look for the common ground. Let's look for the similarities rather than focus on the differences. And when I came out the other side, I came out the other side with so much love for absolutely everybody that, yeah, everything has to just start from being curious about what you think might be a blind spot and if having a look at it and if it is a blind spot, then like the border do, and you just try to tackle it. Yeah. And just try to take it on and move forward. And if not here, that's beautiful. If not here in this community, then where else? Yeah, where else? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. And I, I, love, I love what you said there. Um, when you talked about the position and what was possible, you said, uh, you said tokenistic, and you, you were just thinking, like, was it, was it just for show? Or, yeah. And... And I, I love that you said that because that's a part of what slows the conversation down from us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you think, well, they're just doing this for you just so you could be the one. I don't want to be the only token. I don't want to be a token jester. I don't want to be the yeah. only black person in the room. I don't want to be this. I don't want to. But yeah. if I'm thinking like that, then I'm going to feel like that. And I'm going to yes. be looking like that. But yes. if I just show up as me, I've been approached, well, I can only look at it, I've been approached because I've showed up as me and I've learned in the past few years that showing up as me is more than good enough. Mm-hmm. So I've been noticed for showing up as me. So if I do turn up and wh- whatever I think is going on, I don't care about that. I just know I'm showing up because I'm good enough. Yeah. And whatever is going on is going on. And if I am, like you said, a token, I'm going to shine. I'm gonna, <laughs> exactly. Because I'm, I'm just showing up as me. Yes. But, even that we're talking yeah. about, this, I can see, I would, that wasn't on my head because I sort of threw, I sort of saw that. Yeah. And I said, if I go in there with that, oh, what's going on? Is it a tokenistic? Is it that? Yeah. Obviously, that's a barrier that I'm putting up. Exactly. I'm yeah, I love that. Attitude. I'm showing up as me. Mm-hmm. And since showing up as me, I've just felt love being received from me. And I've just received pure love from love. everybody on the board. And it's I just, it's just a beautiful space. It's just yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I, re- I remember it, man, so vividly. I was talking to my mentor, Michael, and I was trying to explain to him 
what it felt like sometimes with race relations in America and things like mm -hmm. that. And I would say, imagine me knocking at your door and I could see you at your dinner table with an empty seat and you know I'm supposed to be there, right? And when I was saying it, I was trying to paint the picture for him to understand the other side. But I, in talking, I kept talking and I basically talked myself into realizing, I talked about when he comes open the door, he's got to understand I'm going to be mad because I've been outside banging on yeah, the door for yeah, a while. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that was the analogy as I've always told it. And it pretty much ended there. But on this show, when we were talking, I kept talking and I end up saying, but if I take a step back and realize I'm right where I was when I knocked the first time and opened door, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't realize that the door is open because I'm so angry about beating and I what, then I don't get this opportunity to walk through and get to the Ooh. other. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I, got a, I got a piece of me too that I, I got to grab control of if this is going to work. Yes. If Definitely. this is going to work. It's not just all out there. There's something that has yes. to be done in Inside. here. Yes. But you know, I love about what you just said, Rob. Oh, man. You said usually you stop talking there. Yeah. But you just carried on talking. And out yeah. of not knowing what, you, what was mm -hmm. going to come out of what yeah. you were carrying on talking and saying, yeah. something beautiful come out of it. Yeah. And that's come out of the unknown. And that is yeah. beautiful. Because that is similar to what I've seen as well. It's not all outward, out, day after, day after, day after. It starts here. Yeah. It starts here. And I can only show up as love in the moment. Mm -hmm. And if people are going to accept it and take it, and showing up angry is not going to do nothing for yeah. any situation. Yeah. Any situation. Yeah. That's how because I've, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me. Again, just talking Someone. about our own perspective, I've tried the anger. Yeah. I, matter of fact, I've showed up at the max level of anger you can bring to some <laughs> situations sometimes, right? Um, but I don't think I've ever showed up into this understanding with some unconditional love on the situation. Why would I take an opportunity to separate, to divide, to, mm -hmm. to when this is on offer to me? Brilliant. That's beautiful. Right? Like, why would, would you can see we're all on the same side? Whereas before you thought it was split, or I thought it yeah. was split, mm -hmm. now you can see we're all on the same side, and you're asking me to pick a team. And it's yeah. like, I can't, see, I can't see no teams. I, you're asking me to, I can't see no teams no more. Yeah, like, it's hard for me. Yeah. And having to say, in the situation where I'm still around people of the old thinking, I still have to sort of maneuver because they're of that same old thinking sort of mm -hmm. thing. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, because so, my entire family is from Birmingham, Alabama which oh, still is very racially charged yeah, yeah, and in some areas segregated. Yeah. Ooh, yeah and then yeah. I live Los Angeles now and I've been in the US military, traveled the world. Race looks completely different to me. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just the way they think about yeah. the situation exposed yeah. to what they're exposed to. Mm -hmm. I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes perfect sense because when I was there, I, I thought that way too. That's exactly. how I saw it. That's exactly what I was so saying. So for me now to have a different understanding to judge them, that would be error on my part. What you just said was beautiful again, Rob, because if you can have a different perspective on race to your cousins in um, Alabama, to me here, to that means it's all our thinking. That is, what, what is race? It's just something we make up in our head or how we react to it or what we've been exposed to. Mm -hmm. So it's all about the thinking. 
I used to think like that, and now I no longer think like that. So if I used to think like that, and no longer think like that, then there's hope for everybody else in this world who had some sort, who has some sort of thinking that can just learn how, not learn, but see a way how to drop it, how to quiet their mind, yeah. and just see through the thinking and see the truth. And when, when that, that 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 would be a beautiful moment for me for on mass for people to see the truth and yeah. to see that their thinking is causing their reality. Yeah. And, and it's not to, it's not to in any way, at least when I know, and I can feel it in you too. It's not saying, because I know the thinking makes your experience real, right? I'm not saying what you're not facing is hard. I'm not saying it's not, it's right what's happening. I'm saying the hurt, anger, the, those things that won't benefit the situation or, or elevate us to an area where they stop happening is that mode of thinking yes. is what I'm saying. And I, re I remember saying, if I want to combat racism, bigotry, and things like that, I probably should try to get it out of me first. I mean, that's a lot. I, I could stay there all day, but I really want to get to, <laughs> I, I, I want to get to, man, your journey. You can go back as far as you want. You can start at birth if you want. I'm cool with that. <laughs> but, but, you know, take, take me back, set some contents of, of what life was like to now oh. your work as director. All right then, Rob. Um, I'll take it back to basically my early, my all my I've grown up was brought by a single parent mum, three sisters, two sisters and one brother. Um, got into crime at the age of about seventeen. Done my first sentence when I was seventeen. Got two years. Then um, started just selling drugs. That was my thing. Done a few sentences. Over a few, over a period of a few years, not, I'll say not a lot, but about seven years in total, over a maybe 25, 30 year period. Okay. Uh, got to 46, and I got arrested for drugs, and I was sentenced to five years in prison. Uh, in England, where you serve two and a half out of that five, so I got five years out to serve two and a half. Um, I was in a prison called Only Prison. And some guy started talking to me about you had done this course and it was life changing and he used to be aggressive, but he's not aggressive no more. And, <laughs> and I was like, he kind of cornered me and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? I was yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then I went off and then the next day I was in the shower and I looked over and the fella's in the shower and he was a, he's about seven foot, this fella, Dave Saunders. And he's looking over me, he's like, yeah, what are you going? I was like, whoa. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But he kept even though he was like that, like stalker sort of thing, but yeah. the message he was just, if you can understand somebody who's just got the principles and they're just yeah. trying to share it with everybody. Yeah. You can see and he was excited. Like you can see he really believed what he was saying. Uh, he was telling me his whole story that yes. there'd been deaths, there have been this, and he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do this. He's a big softy now and he cries. And I was like, whoa, but I could see them. I could feel something in it, if the truth be told. Yeah. Anyway, he got me on the course. And I thought, he said, yeah, you can get to DCAP, which is like um, an open facility where you can get to go home and spend night, spend a night over at your house. So I thought, all right, I'll go on the course just so I could tick a box to get to DCAP. To get, yeah. Yeah, so when I've gone on the course now, they talk about, yeah, spiritual and mind. And I thought, yeah, I like it. I'm into a bit of that. Anyway, some people were there and it's a 10 week, it was a 10 week course, once a week for 10 weeks. So one week, on the third week, people are coming back and they're falling about the floor saying, oh my God, I've seen this. Oh my God, my life changed. 
my phone away, all my porn, all my drugs, all, everything. I'm not doing... And I'm like, no, 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 we was in the same class. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I miss it, I miss it. But you see, for me, everything yeah. has to be linear and in a label, in a box. Yeah. So if he got something, we need to rewind because I missed what he got. Yeah. And you need to give it to me again. And one of the mentors told me, no, it's not like that. Don't try to look for what it is he saw. What yeah. he saw is individual to him. And I was like, what is that? Yeah, well, you will see something yourself, but don't. He said, I can see your intellect. You, you are an intellectual guy. You try to intellectualize everything. And he said, just forget that. Just forget it. And I was like, what? He said, yeah, just forget it. Just let what we talk about in the groups wash over you. And then maybe later, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, it will tie in with something in your head. And I was like, well, that's a bit strange. But the guy who was telling me he had like lost a daughter. And the person who had took his daughter's life, he had, learned, he, had forgive, he had forgave him just through Beyond Recovery. And that was like about eight months earlier. Where, well, eight months early he was on Beyond Recovery, but the way he was talking, like he had totally, he had love for the guy yeah. that done it. So I thought, if he's telling me that, maybe I should listen, all right, not try to intellectualize everything. And we had the session, and then that night I must have went to bed, and I was lying on the bed, and to tell the truth, Rob, I can't remember exactly what keyed in with what. I just remember there was something on TV, and I sat up and I went, oh my God, my mum is not to blame for everything. It's not my mum why I'm here. It's not my mum what I've done. It's not. And all the thinking that I had around my mum just sort of crumbled away for me. Mm. And if you're, it was the sort of foundation, it was the bedrock of my life. The reason that I had done certain things or the reason I'd ended yeah. up in certain positions is because my mum had done this and then she didn't tell me this or she never instilled me with this. It all led back to my mum. And when that crumbled, it's like my whole foundation crumbled. And if I saw, hold on, that's not real. I'm not meant to be real then. I'm just meant to <laughs> crumble away. But that's my foundation. Yeah. But then I said, no, if it's not real, okay, like I said, my mum passed away just before I um, got the sentence. Mm. So I buried her and I said, okay, that's, I can't look at that anymore. Cause that's, you know, what do I see yeah. in my life now yeah. that's the closest to that that I know is real? And I said, all right, my partner, me and my partner had like a fracas, a fracas relationship. So every, with her, everything was her fault. So that's easy to me to look at and say, right, no, 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 look. That's her fault. That, and when I started looking, I was like, whoa, that went back to me. Whoa, that point back to me. Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wow. All of what I made up about the relationship and how I've treated her and how I was doing everything right and she was being moany. And I realized I had looked at, it was all my thinking that had built up how I should treat women and how I should deal with relationships and how I should, a man needs to be like this. and. When all of that fell away, I was just a little child in the corner, just wanting to say sorry for everything. Yeah. I couldn't say it to my mum, but when my thing that was actually ongoing, I just wanted to say sorry for everything and I have to take full responsibility for everything I've done and everything's going to change. Yeah. I remember talking to her from in there on the phone. She's, I've been inside about three or four times since I've been with her. So she's thinking, I've heard it yeah. before. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, no, this no. Cool, come on. This what is not? different. Yeah. Yeah. And then slowly it's just unraveled. It's just expanded. Every I used it as a tool at first. Like I would feel down, I'd think good thoughts, and I'll feel good again. And I thought, yeah, that's it, I got it cracked. But then it started seeping in every little part of my life and every little where I looked, I would see the principles showing up. Yeah. And I've just had to let go. See the resistance of resist. Oh, no, it can't be that there. Like, <laughs> it can't, can't be that. Be that. Yeah. I've just had to let go. Mm. Let go. You could say something to me that I swear is true. And from you say it to me more than twice, I'll have to say, oh, give me a minute. 
I'll throw away everything that I know about what we're talking about yeah. and I'll say, say it again. And then I'll let you tell me again. And then I'll, that's, I have to, because everything I think I know, I don't know nothing. Yeah. So many times this understanding has just broken the back of stuff that I think I know. Oh, yeah. And it's just my thinking and so many areas where the thinking is involved. I just have to be prepared to look at everything. 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 I say a lot. Um, the two things I learned that changed my life the most, one was I'm not broken and two, anything is possible. So the I'm not broken piece was derived from exactly what you're talking about. I made certain decisions because I thought my father didn't love me because he wasn't in the household. I, I didn't think given the area I lived in the, and the fate that was happening to those before me that I was going to make it out. So I made a lot of reckless decisions, not thinking I would ever get past a certain age anyway. It wasn't even shown as an option. God forbid talk about being a speaker and travel the world and do like, come on, be for real. You can shoot this rock, you can throw this football, which, you know what I mean? Like, that's your option. That is you it. Know? Yeah. That's your yeah. option. So I, I completely know what you mean when you start waking up to, wait, I did all of that on a lie? On some yeah. fake, th some false thinking? Wait, wait, like, <laughs> it, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love what you said, Rob, sure. because that is what I used to say. I used to say, I've made some serious decisions, yes. hardcore, real life action decisions on something that was based on something that was totally not true. Totally. All of those little decisions what I had made, I have to go back to them yep. and look at them and think, hold on, so then everything I've been doing basically has been coming from the wrong place. Uh. And that is humbling. And then with that as well comes the potential. What comes out of that is not, not, oh, I've wasted my life. Oh, I'm upset with myself. It's no. No. The potential to start from right now. Now. To yeah. do anything I want to do. Be anything oh, I yeah. want to do. And that potential is, like you said, it's not just the two options or three options that we have in our head. Yeah. I have to be doing this. I have to be doing that. Everybody else around me is doing it. No, it's, those are the options that I don't have to do. And everything that don't sound like that, there's my option. There's, that's what's really true yeah. for me. So you, we got the, your partner who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> starting to seep in, right? Mm -hmm. What happens then? Where do we go after that? Um, after that, I was in only with Beyond Recovery. Then I moved, I did get the open conditions. But when I got to open conditions, there's no, Beyond Recovery was just in that prison alone. So I went to open conditions and um, I was there for about, seven and a half months and I did slide I did there's a lot more things are oh well open to this there's a lot more drugs there's a lot more cash there's things to things to get your hands involved in yeah and when I got there I made a little slip I started puffing again and nobody around me I was the only person in there that knew anything about the principles or <laughs> so it was like and I wasn't telling every, I wasn't running around telling everybody but I sort of saw that it was just underlying I was, yeah. I was, that's what I used to say. I used to say I was operating at the system at about four and a half percent. Because <laughs> little decisions I would make with myself, I could see the principles at play. Yeah. But I weren't saying to people, oh, do you know, are oh, the principles. But after a while, I come out of that little um, getting lost stage. I said, you know, I need to fix up. I need to do this. If I really want to see my family, then I need to stop all this. I need to just stay straight. And yes, yeah, so about seven months, I never have no principles in my life except what I said I was doing. Then I came out. 
what I knew the principals helped me with, usually when I'm about to come out, I said, right, I'm not going to do what I used to do. So I'm going to get a job. Right, I'm going to get a job. But all I've done all my life is that. So, right, I'm going to get a job. No, I'm going to get a job. Come out, maybe a week, two weeks trying to get a job. No, 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 no. Criminal record, criminal record. Oh, I can't get no job. I've got a criminal record, man. Oh, do you know what? Yeah. I'm just over there. And then just return back to what I used to do. Yeah. That was on my head. And I said, no, do you know what? Don't think about that. As Beyond Recovery, I had the principals tell you, thinking about what's happening in the future is wasted energy. So just wasted. be in the moment. You know you want a job when you get out, so something will come. I've come out. Funny little story. When I was going to probation, my regular probation officer wasn't there that for that day. I had a standing probation officer. That standing probation officer gave me a leaflet for a painting and decorating job, and I applied for it, and I got the job. And that's oh, where my wow. work come from when I first came out, yeah. And I was doing painting and decorating for about a year. Never worked so long before in my life, like straight, just nine to five. Yeah. And Beyond Recovery started offering me, offered me a chance to be involved in a um, knife crime program back in Nottingham prison, where I'd actually go back into prison and facilitate a group. And I've done that. When I've done that, it was just the feeling. That's like one of the best feelings in my life. Yeah. Like I went in there and I saw people look at you. They were like, what, you've been in something? I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been. And as you say that, you've been, they just look up to you and it's like, wow, what are you doing in there? Yeah. And I would have thought you would have started saying about, yeah, principles, love and this. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not. We thought you was real, but you're not. But the surprising thing, they just gravitated to me and they just felt everything I was offering. And during that group, we had like, two gang members, two rival gang members. One had done something, had um, killed the other's cousin. And we had them, the feeling was so, that they just said, you know what, no, forget, just forget all of that. Shook hands and said, you know what? Wow. I can see what I've done. It, for me, the guy said, for me to hurt you, I can see now that I'm just hurting myself. So it doesn't make sense. And I've wanted to hurt you for so long. It doesn't make And now sense. you're here in the room in front of me. Mm-hmm. And... I just got pure love for you. And that just, we just, and both sides were like, you know what, shake hands. And that's not separate realities, but in the other side telling his story, it transpired that he had a sister we went to school with and he was actually a friend of the families, but true, they moved. He had to, wow. he moved across the line, so to speak. So he had to be with the boys from the other line and yeah. he never even want to be there. And, it all came out where it was just unnecessary, all unnecessary hate, basically. And oh, man. Yeah, man. and that feeling there was just, that made me think, wow, I know what I have to do. I have to show up and help help guys like this. And, yeah, just through my experience. I love that story too. so much. It takes a brave thought, a brave person to say, yeah, that thinking, I'm not doing that thinking anymore. I'm doing something different. And what I'm doing is not different bad. It's different good, positive. Yeah. Because there's families that I have to feed. So just the possibility of changing your thought. I help. I I love that man. So you, you go back. You're helping change lives. When did you say this is it? I'm I'm all in now. <laughs> well, after the knife crime was we done. It was once a month we would go in for three days. Okay. And um, we done November, December, January, February, March. We done five months. But in that five months, I knew this is what I have to do. God. This is what I have to do. And if truth be told, I knew something, a feeling took, I've never even told anyone this before, a feeling, I had a feeling around Christmas when I was doing the painting and decorating work, we had a Christmas break. And because the money was rubbish, that there was real rubbish, like below minimum wage, like 
they should be they should be arrested for paying people their moral <laughs> wages. Because of my situation, they kind of yeah, know. They kind of know. Yeah, they took, took advantage so they, of it. Yeah, they took advantage. So at the Christmas time, I said, you know, we're taking a break for Christmas. We're doing, I'm doing the work with Beyond Recovery. And I said, you know what? Let me take a leap of faith. I'm not going back to the painting work. Mm. Something will happen with Beyond Recovery. Something will happen. And I was doing a little, I was living off of the little one month, uh, every month. I used to get a little money from Beyond Recovery for doing the one, um, three days a month. And then in March, Jacqueline Mama J offered me the job of project coordinator of Beyond Recovery. Wow. And it was coming up to a point, because remember, I'm, I'm, telling, I'm telling myself, yeah, I'm just going with the, something will come, something will come. But I got the-, the, the But them bills do. <laughs> I got a mother of my children saying, hold on, where's that money coming from? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can see you're floating, but floating don't pay the bills, mate. Floating don't pay the bills. I'm like, yeah, do you know, something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen, bro, no worry. Uh, and I went, you know what, to tell the truth, I did actually do a, um, a traffic light maintenance course to um, do temporary traffic light um, maintenance, yeah. just as a little fallback. So I done that course, and then a week I completed that course, the next week, Mama J phoned me and said, yeah, come to London, I want to talk to you, I've got a job offer. And I was like, wow, do you see, I kind of had a leap, a big, and I didn't even tell, I, didn't, I was so like, no, I'm not telling nobody that, I'm not telling nobody. I'm not telling nobody, I left my job, I quit my job. I've done everything, I was waiting for you to offer me a job. I never said that. I'm, I'm, this story has to work out for me to ever tell that, yes. It proves to me in my head, I'm, I feel like it's worked out. Yeah. That's the first time I've shared that story. I, I love that, I love that. So thank you for, for feeling like that with me. How about that? Yes, Rob, you got it, you drew, yeah, yeah, yes, Rob. Oh, man. But then we had so many contracts and things to do in prisons, but then COVID happened. Mm. And then all of that just disappeared. And then we had to pivot and do sort of sending packs and sending um, learning material that we sort of found out impacted them as much as, not as much, but had the um, possibility of impacting them just like Face to Face did. So we carried on with that and we're getting good um, throughout the whole of the COVID period. We were sending in those packs and we sent it to, I think we ended up sending it to about 60, 60 um, prisons wow. in England and even some in New Zealand. So we're sending them out and getting good thing and that. But yeah, that just kind of showed me this is what I need to do. And it's nothing, it's not out of my field. It's out of my comfort zone. Yeah. But as I've realized with um, what Jacqueline's done when she took me on board, she's given me tasks that if I was being in my thinking, I would have been like, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Why is she giving me that? No, 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 no. I can't do that. I can't do that. What do you know how to do? Uh, I can write and send emails. Um, yeah, that's what. That's all I can do. You have to tell me what to write, though. Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk the kind of language people. She said, you know what? Just be yourself and just do it. And I've just said, all right. With that thinking, I've been able to do anything. It's, it's, it's the same thing that my potential and some things that are technical. You just I found you can Google it or YouTube it or look Absolutely. at it. Absolutely. Just get on with it and yeah, and I've learned and I've learned so much that in this space that I started to feel comfortable. I'm not saying I am comfortable now, I'm starting to feel comfortable because like for the majority of my life I was living in a different sort of environment. What I'm doing now, and it's not a it's what is another thing that I used to got taught, like sitting in that little area of discomfort, not real discomfort, but just like just outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Is where I see I do some good work. Yeah. 
is where my best work is probably done when it's just because if I stay in the safe areas that's what I know nothing new don't come out of what you know you have to go in that little unknown just like your story with the um standing outside the door yeah you step into the little bit of unknown and you might not know what's going to come out your mouth next but yeah. it's unknown but it's what's happening in the moment and it's real Absolutely. and that's what I, that's, that's the feeling that I love to hold in and being man i i really really have enjoyed this and we basically take a trip from here and i sit you in a room and it's full of people and they need to hear something what is it that you share with them i'll share with them a part of my journey or a part of my story that that i see is probably filled with hope out of any situation out of any circumstances it's always my thinking that was at play or was in control of how I saw those circumstances or how I saw that situation. And just seeing that alone has been huge for me. Not, not acting on it, just seeing it as a starting to know that what I think I'm about to do or what I'm thinking is not as real as maybe I think it is. And just stay curious. Whenever you get the feeling of looking into something or something's bugging you or something just won't go away, just stay curious with it, no matter how. For me, I looked into myself and I didn't like what I saw when I first looked because I looked and I saw all the thinking and I thought all that thinking was me and all my history was me, but that wasn't me. I had to look a bit deeper. And when I looked a bit deeper, I saw something beautiful and something so blindingly bright and I knew that was that was the true me and I know that everybody's got the capacity to look inside themselves and see that and shine to their full potential no matter where they're coming from or where they are now you are now where you think you are think you're in a good spot and a curious spot then you're in the right place to start seeing things and that's, 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 that's along the lines, I would say. You put me on the spot a bit like you said. But... <laughs> that's roughly what I would say. My man, like, gee. If that's off rip, I, I hate to give you some preparation time, dude. Wow. I appreciate it, man. That was um, uh, yeah, that was I love that, Rob, man. Love that, Rob. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.